Welcome back to the Society Case Files podcast. My name is Robert Hazelton and I'll be your host. Today I want to talk about The Witcher and some video game stuff and a few other odds and ends as we start the brand new year. I didn't have an opportunity to do any sort of end of year lists or any of that stuff, so we'll cover that here. But uh, I've got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to dive right in. First thing I want to talk about is The Witcher Show, which I think was overall pretty awesome. I only had a few small complaints about it, which I'll get to in just a moment, but I want to start by saying Henry Cavill really owned it, and it's so obvious that he wanted to do this really bad, and I'm really glad he had the opportunity to. It's a lot more fun to watch people do things that they're super passionate about. It's why I think that in many cases, it's best if a fan who's also an amazing performer gets the opportunity to play a character that mean that means a lot to people like Doctor Who or in this case Geralt of Rivia. It's really neat when the person who is in the shoes of that character tends to be someone that everyone is going to really see their passion throughout the project. And there's just a sense of how people perform that you can notice that they're just not quite in it or they don't get it as well as they should and it's innate. But Henry Cavill definitely had that and I'm sure that you've already watched the show. I still don't want to give away too many spoilers, but let me jump into the things I didn't like as much, and then I'll talk about the things I did like. Um, probably the biggest complaint I had about The Witcher was the last two episodes. They just weren't that great for me. I felt that they just fell short. Um, I thought that uh, they could have done a lot more with the characters that were getting together at the end there and I really feel like my Witcher show could have used a lot more Witcher uh, the three different timelines going on at the same time that was pretty rough too I didn't even know what was going on because I didn't read anything about the show before I dove in I didn't want spoilers or anything and I haven't read the books but I have played the video games and I still felt like I was kind of out in the cold until we figured out that that the main characters were all living in different uh, different times, essentially, and catching up to one another. It's kind of neat in a novel format, but I felt like they could have at least thrown us a, a bone by putting down a uh, like a subtitle the way that they did in Dunkirk to let you know which time uh, time frame each of the different uh, characters we were following uh, existed in. That helped a lot, and this show could have done the same thing. Things that I really loved, the casting choices were all great. They were really neat and just looked cool. Uh, I think they all did a great job. Um, the fight scenes are really neat. Very, very interesting. I thought it was pretty tasteful in the way that they handled the uh, the different kinds of sexual situations. Uh, it wasn't overly gory. There was a few nasty scenes, but, I mean, this show could have gone way over the top, and it didn't. So, all around... I'm really looking forward to season two. I'm a little disappointed that we have to wait until 2021 uh, with the cliffhanger they left us with. But, uh, you know, at least it's something really cool to uh, look through or look forward to. Um, anyway, that's really all I have to say about The Witcher because anything else would involve spoilers. But uh, sort of segueing, it did get me to play The Witcher 3, which I never actually finished. But before we even watched the show, I installed the game on my Xbox again so that I could jump right back in. And I certainly did. And it's been a lot of fun. And, and I'm going to tell you, if the game is indicative of the books 
and the show is indicative of them. I mean, the show really does feel a lot like the games. So there is some aesthetics that they use and they just, they look great. The show looked fantastic and the game, while it is several years old now, still holds up incredibly well. Uh, so all around, if you haven't played the Witcher three, which you probably have, <laughs> especially since it had such a huge, uh, resurgence on steam right after the show. Um, if you haven't played it, then it's time to jump in, but they already did all their deep sales. So if you don't already have it, you might want to wait until the next spring sale or whatever else is going on. But, uh, okay. So that was the Witcher. It was great. I recommend watching it. Yeah. There was a couple of problems. If you want to know what I thought of the show more in depth with some spoilers and such, I have a uh, document about that and it's up on my blog, which I will uh, refer to in the links. The next thing I want to talk about are my favorite games of 2019. Now, I do need to say that some of these games were not, they didn't come out in 2019, but rather I played them the most in 2019. Um, So they, uh, they may have come out even two years before that. So I apologize. I'm not just talking about games that were released in the 2019 timeframe, but rather what I've been playing. Now, I will tell you they weren't that old, and in most cases they did come out. So the first game on that list is Cultist Simulator. If I haven't talked about that before, and I'm pretty sure I have, uh, that's just ridiculous. It was so addicting that I, I, I don't even want to talk about how many hours I put into it on both the iPad and on uh, PC. It's super fun. If you haven't played it, you really, really, really have to. I'm going to do another stream of it to give a sort of intro to to how to get started again for people who haven't tried it. But it's super fun. It came out in 2018, and it's just it's just great. So, Cultist Simulator, get it. Destiny 2, Shadowkeep. So, I know I talked about Shadowkeep that I was probably done. But I just, I established a new mindset, and I really started to enjoy Destiny 2 again. And that was to not really treat the bounty system as the be-all, end-all of the game. If I wanted to do something fun, I just went and did it. If I wanted to just play some Crucible, I did. Whether it was giving me experience or loot or whatever, it didn't matter. I just I just chose to have fun with the game, and oddly enough, I did. So, as a lesson to me to not be so caught up in the the uh, development uh, <laughs> push to do something specific and just do what, you know, follow my joy, I guess is the best way to say it. And I did, and it was a lot of fun. So I think they did fix a lot of problems with Destiny 2, and they've introduced some new ones. I see a lot of comments that it's just a chore now, but, uh, you know, they, they were tired of hearing that there wasn't enough to do. Well, there's plenty to do now. So anyway, Destiny 2, Shadow Keep definitely in my my top list of games for 2019. Red Dead Online on the PC. I didn't really enjoy this game that much on the PlayStation. The load times for Rockstar games are just too darn long. Doesn't matter that I had a PS4 Pro, it still took way too long. On the PC, it's a lot more tolerable, and I've just had a lot of fun. I did the Collector Path, and I did the Bounty Hunter Path, and both those have been a lot of fun. I understand they have a sort of Battle Pass type thing now, and apparently, if you go through it, it pays for itself. Um, I haven't really looked into that yet, but I did need a break from it after I did the collector path because that took a long time. 
But all around, Red Dead Online, super fun to play, especially on PC. I recommend that one too. Song of Horror. So this is an episodic game. They just released the third episode. I haven't finished the second one yet, but I did finish the first. It's super creepy. It's a lot of fun. Uh, once you sort of know what's happening, the, the, the trick comes down to making sure that you don't get caught by the monster by being cautious before you go through doors and that sort of thing and being able to do the little mini games. But all around, I have to say the Song of Horror was a lot of fun and it really did creep me out the first couple times I played uh, the first episode. Um, I'm kind of waiting for the other two episodes to drop before I dive into episode two, but uh, I will definitely be streaming this one as well. I streamed the first episode, both a failed attempt and my successful attempt and uh they they were both a lot of fun so i highly recommend song of horror it was on a great sale when i first got it i'm not sure what it is now but definitely look into it so i've had vr for a long time i've got the uh, htc vive and i didn't get a whole lot of use out of it but when the doctor who edge of time came out that one was amazing it's super immersive it's kind of a walking simulator in some ways, but you get to pilot the TARDIS and you get to wave around the sonic screwdriver and do a bunch of stupid puzzles all around. It was just super fun. I mean, I was in the TARDIS. I, I can't I can't say anything else. It, it doesn't matter because it was great. So if you have VR, it was uh, it's definitely worth playing if you're a huge Doctor Who fan. If you're not that big of a Doctor Who fan, I doubt you'd really enjoy this. So it may not be worth your time. But Doctor Who, Edge of Time, it was quite a bit of fun. Next up is Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. I've got that on the PC. And it's just, uh, it's a super fun space sim. It's single player. You can do some trading. You can cruise around and blow up pirates. The dogfighting is really neat. The only real complaint I had was that I couldn't use my um, cool joystick that I have, my flight stick. But... The, uh, you know, playing it on a controller was fine, and it ended up being a lot of fun. And just as a testament to how much those devs cared about their product, when I first got it, the Discord channel they had was was just a buzz with activity from the person who owns the company all the way down, just there to help and offer advice and fix things, and it was fantastic. So... The uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is everything that can be done right with a video game. Uh, it's it's just fabulous. So, highly recommend that one too. MechWarrior 5. So, I played MechWarrior 4 Mercenaries so much. Way too much. Loved that game. I saw MechWarrior 5 was coming out and that the MechWarrior Online folks were doing it. I wasn't as excited about that aspect because I tried the online game felt it was way too much of a slugfest but the single player mode sounded a lot of fun so I had to try it and I wasn't disappointed. MechWarrior 5 is the spiritual successor to the MechWarrior 4 Mercenaries game. There is one problem in the fact that the voice acting is almost intolerably bad in some cases but that doesn't detract from the fact that the combat and the actual gameplay is super fun. So kudos to them. MechWarrior 5, totally worth buying. The Outer Worlds. Um, I've talked about this before, and I have on my YouTube channel a six-hour playthrough where I was just a terrible person <laughs> and, uh, and couldn't even believe what it allowed me to do. 
it's a super fun game and they did a great job um it's it's not the most original and you can pretty much tell that they would have probably rather been doing a fallout game because it even has a form of vats and that sort of thing but all around i think they did a great job and it's absolutely worth it if you haven't played the outer worlds yet you really just need to it's got so much to do and uh so many things to see definitely worth it for you um and while i did beat it in six hours by being an ass um it does take considerably longer if you want to do it the nice guy route uh jedi fallen order who would have thought this game was going to be good i didn't i mean i'm sure that everyone was hopeful but who could who could be sure considering the track record uh it's pretty much tomb raider the star wars edition i i had some wishes but you know, they were minor, mostly changing the, the, the direction of the story rather than the actual game itself. I liked it enough to beat it in two days. It doesn't take that long to get through. If you haven't played it and you have a PC, subscribe to the EA Access Origin and, and play through it. It's it's super fun. Um, it, it, the story is not the most original, again, but, you know, you can't really fault them because they did make it engaging and the characters are all super neat, so... Uh, definitely Jedi Fallen Order. Untitled Goose Game. I never would have thought that this game would make any list of mine, but it is just super fun. It's so stupid and ridiculous, and your goose is really cute. Uh, it's on Game Pass, and it's just worth it. So, Untitled Goose Game. Go be a jerk goose, I guess. Um, definitely. Anyway, uh, that is my top games from 2019. Here are the... Uh, I could just call them the worst, but I consider them the bottom games, and I have lots of reasons, but we'll just start right off on the games that I did not like in 2019. First on that list is Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Oh, <laughs> The game was complete garbage. Through and through, I, I found nothing redeemable about it. They could have just built on the Wildlands game, but instead they pretty much robbed the Division 2 in a lot of ways and it's just terrible it was just terrible there's no nothing else to really say about it i've already ranted about this in another episode so i'm not going to go on anymore but terrible anthem wow that was a terrible launch the engine was crap you know those load times were insane they had limitations that they shouldn't have there was bugs things like a friend of mine couldn't even log into the game after two days uh, the story was just kind of a mess and seemed rushed. Uh, the NPCs were annoying. And this is what they killed Mass Effect with. Congratulations, guys. Terrible. Borderlands 3. Now, this opinion may be a little unpopular. I just didn't like it. Uh, the boss fights were inconsistent. Rank-and-file fights got really tedious. Uh, you would occasionally just run into random mobs that were way too tough for the zone. Story didn't really engage me. And then you couple that with the devs just being weird and kind of jerks. Uh, yeah, anyway, I thought that it was uh, I thought it was a big waste of my money and I was very disappointed about it. The Division 2. Uh, holy crap. Or maybe I should just say crap. Uh, this was one of the worst games uh, I've had an experience with. And... I really should have waited until the subscription service kicked off, and then I wouldn't have wasted the money I did. 
what makes me most angry is that when the Division 2 was on the horizon, I was playing Anthem and I was telling people, man, when Division 2 comes, this is going to empty. And it probably did. But I had hoped it would be emptying because people were going to an amazing game that they built on the backbone of their previous game. Because the Division 1, I absolutely loved. Uh, much like I loved Ghost Recon Wildlands. But instead of following up by taking the best parts of the previous game and just making the weaker parts better, they just were like, nah, we're just going to kick the crap out of this and see what happens. And what happened was the Division 2. It's just not good. Between the Division 2 and Ghost Recon Breakpoint, they had to throttle back on games that were going to come out to ensure quality and stuff. So there you go. I'm not the only one there, and I'm still disappointed. So anyway... Warhammer Vermintide 2 Expansion, Winds of Magic. So, I was a moron, and I just bought this game sight unseen. I was like, these guys are amazing. I love their game. They can do no wrong. I paid the price. This expansion should have shamed them. I mean, it's got one additional map, and then it's got a new system to grind that if you're not grinding the right path or shall I say the more popular path you're going to be trying to do it alone you don't get your AI bots it's all around just poorly thought out and I was pretty disappointed in it all around I just I I barely was able to get into it because of the reasons I stated as I was playing it mostly alone I was I was just kind of done all around pretty disappointed in Winds of Magic and I'm going to use this opportunity to segue to talk about another Warhammer title. It's probably more of an honorable mention than it is a this is terrible. And that is Warhammer Chaos Bane. It's sort of a Diablo clone. It looked great. And for the first few levels, I was I was moderately engaged. I played with a friend. We had an okay time. But I've got to be honest with you, it quickly loses any sense of charm. There's just too many little things wrong with it. The voice acting, for one, is utterly atrocious but more to the point just some of the lack of attention to detail they had for example you are in the middle of the sewers and the uh, mission ends and it tells you return to you know leave the forest (laughs) is your new objective it's like wait what guys um now i will say i did write up a pretty negative review about the game on steam and the devs contacted me and said hey we've made all these changes maybe you could try it again so on good faith, I did try it again, and I didn't even see what they changed. So uh, it seems to me that you would make sure that there were some significant changes to your game before you actually reached out to people who gave it a bad review, because why would they change it if you didn't make significant improvements? But anyway, neither here nor there. Chaos Bane, kind of crap. And the final game on my bottom list is Mordhau sort of a brawler multiplayer arena game and it looked really neat in all of the videos and things I watched but once I got into the game itself it pretty much was a click fest and everyone just sort of bunched up and flailed there was death and then it was over so I didn't I didn't I didn't get into that game and uh, I did return it too so it, uh, I don't have a whole lot more to say about it. Maybe there's some complexity or deeper dive I could have taken. But all around, I didn't really want to because I didn't have any fun in the first few matches I played. But uh, Mordhau, bottom of the list, 
doesn't really deserve to be any higher. So it's sort of an aside more than anything. Um, but there you go. Those are the top and bottom games from 2019 for me. If you would like to talk about any games that you especially loved or hated, uh, please drop me a line. I'd love to speak to them. Or if I've ever even heard of them or tried them, um, I'd like to comment on what I thought. But anyway, let's move on from games. And we're going to talk about some movies now. The first one is a really strange film, or at least I had hoped it would be strange, and that is called The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then the Bigfoot. And no truer title has ever been given to a piece of entertainment because this movie does genuinely deliver what it says it will. But what I didn't anticipate would be the tone of melancholy and just focus on the fact that this poor person essentially has descended into a state of complete depression and misery and that's really the main focus so in a lot of ways the title is just it's like clickbait for films because you're expecting something like iron sky and then you get something that is more like art house drama that happens to have some aspects that might have attracted a different crowd. And I think that's actually a mistake because the people who are going to love the kind of movie this is are not likely the type who are going to click on a film called The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. And the scenes that involve those two aspects are out of place. So this is a movie without an audience. And while it got okay reviews, I think that it's confusing. I don't even understand why people necessarily saw it because the people who would want to see it for that title will go in and go, whoa, what, what, what happened here? And that's how I kind of felt. I really expected something a lot more fun and uh, campy, honestly. And unfortunately, the three primary focuses of the movie, that being Hitler, the Bigfoot and Melancholy, none of them really get enough screen time for them to matter. So when I finished the film, I just felt like I wasted my time more than I got anything out of it. I don't even know if I'd recommend watching it out of morbid curiosity, but I mean, I had fun watching Sam Elliott and Aiden Turner was great, but I don't really feel like this was a well-made movie. I think this movie was, uh, I think it was just somebody messing around. Honestly, that's how it felt. So anyway, that's how I felt about that. And speaking of movies that were strange or terrible, uh, we're going to move into terrible now with Doom Annihilation. So this came out on Christmas Day on Netflix. And I can't say that it was like the worst thing I've ever seen, but it was so slapdash and stupid in so many ways that I don't even understand why it was made. I mean, the developers refused to help them, even though they were invited to come on board and do some things. And yet they made their movie anyway. And then you get a bunch of jackasses reviewing it poorly because the main character is a woman. You know, some of the stuff they said, it's just ridiculous. Like, does she throw people in the way and run and nonsense like that? I got to say, a more realistic criticism would be the fact that they named her Joan Dark for some stupid reason but she was fine there was nothing wrong with her uh, there's actually nothing wrong with the actors but what they were handed is just 
rubbish. I mean, the people have to say insanely stupid things like, I'm the ultra nightmare, and then go off and die instantly. Uh, All around, Doom Annihilation is pretty terrible. Now, why people think that a Doom movie is going to be absolutely fascinating is beyond me. It's not like the game's ever really had a story per se. I mean, the main character is referred to as Doom Guy. So where are we expecting to get some, I don't know what to even call it, some some critical cinematic genius? I mean, that's not likely ever going to happen. I still like the version with Carl Urban and The Rock. I thought that movie was fine for a Doom story. It was as good as anything else. I don't see why we would ever put this game up on a pedestal to uh, expect it to spawn something uh, something amazing, or at least more than entertaining, which is pretty much all that game's got. So anyway, that's Doom Annihilation. And the final show I really want to talk about is The Christmas Carol with Guy Pearce. Uh, it was free on Hulu. <laughs> uh, it's hard to talk about this. I really loved Guy Pearce as Scrooge. But the things that they made him do are so insanely raw that there is no chance of redemption, really. I mean, you watch movies like a great example. I was just thinking about the other day, the uh, movie Hannah with uh, Eric Bana. There's a moment in the movie where he actually kills two police officers. And because the film had something to do with Hollywood, I just instantly knew somehow he's going to die. Uh, it always happens if, if, if a character does something super reprehensible, they're just not going to get away with it unless the movie is super indie. Now I had some hope for Hannah because it felt indie, but it turned out not to be great example of a movie where the villain gets away with stuff is that nightcrawler film with Jake Gyllenhaal. But anyway, back to the Christmas Carol, the things they have Scrooge do are just incredible. And you cannot even imagine when you start revealing these things that he will come back from it and i mean that's kind of the spirit of the christmas carol i don't mind a darker take on the story but at its heart like the thesis is the people who have enough good in them can become good again he just lost his way but not in this version in this version he's straight up an asshole And he's okay with it. And what that really does for you is make a movie that is very much a downer. And as one of the reviewers say, I have to agree, (laughs) it's taking a movie that is normally a story that is supposed to give you some hope and and build you up a little bit. But instead, this version is just like, uh, are you already a little bit depressed because it's the holidays? That's sweet. Watch this. Here, we're just going to kick the crap out of you while you're laying on the ground. And then when we're done with that, we're going to throw some dirt on you too. Uh, There is some out-of-place profanity. It was just strange. I've got to be honest. I I don't know. I can't recommend it. And it's not because it is a brand new take on A Christmas Carol. I mean, I've seen all kinds of versions of it. I've seen some on stage. I've seen the Patrick Stewart version, George C. Scott, on and on and on. I've seen plenty of Christmas carols that I'm not bent out of shape when they change the story. But the changes done to this one alter the whole point of it. And, 
I kind of feel like they should have renamed it and then like said it was inspired by the Christmas Carol. That would have helped a lot, I think. I think people would have not been as harsh to judge it because the acting is fantastic and I think that it had potential to be really cool. But when you name something the Christmas Carol or a Christmas Carol and you and you make it so clearly based on that, just simply saying a darker take doesn't prepare the viewer for how many liberties you're going to take. So all around, the Christmas Carol was a very strange choice for them. And I can't really say I was happy with it. And uh, in fact, I didn't actually finish it per se. I, I fast forwarded through several sections to get to the end because some of it was flat out uncomfortable to watch. Like I couldn't get through the scenes and I'm not that wussy, but apparently I was with this movie. So anyway, it's on Hulu. If you want to give it a shot, if you've got a strong stomach and you're ready for something brand new, uh, go for it. Final thing I want to talk about is my project blood rights. This was based on a comic of the same name and I just finished the creation of the animation parts as well as all the sound effects. I'm not entirely sold with how I did the music yet, and as soon as I feel comfortable with it, I will be releasing this to the coffee site first as a uh, look for, for viewers there. This thing has been an odyssey. I started using the program iClone way back, probably in 2016, maybe 2015, and back then, it was pretty cumbersome, and I kind of regretted spending the money, but at the same time, it wasn't that big of a deal because I was still working the corporate job, had plenty of cash rolling in. So I was able to back burner that software and see what they'd do with it. Well, since I bought that, we now have the version 7, and it's a lot easier to use. There's plenty of assets. I found a great place to get some inspiration from the Adobe site. And all around, I was able to really dive in and try and make some things. So I started the Blood Rights Project last year, and I managed to finish what I called Episode 1. And it was kind of just, I don't know, 10 minutes of the story, maybe not even that. And it was it was slapdash, and I was still learning the uh, software. So it wasn't the greatest experience, but it was it was definitely the stepping stone towards getting proficient with it. So after I learned how to do all of those things, I realized I really needed to just start over with Blood Rites if I wanted to do it properly. And this time, instead of breaking it up into episodes, I planned on doing it all as one long uh, one long show, basically. It, it tells the whole story. Now, bear in mind that the comic itself is only 30 pages, so that's not going to translate into one minute per page. Comics are really quick to read. You can probably read the comic in six minutes. So I did pad a little bit. I added some more scenery and some different things here and there. But all around, the uh, the Blood Rites really did come out looking pretty awesome. Now, I've been working on this redo since March of 2019, and I just finished it. Now, that's not to say I was working on it constantly, uh, but I'd say that it, it probably comes to around 50 to 200 hours of time of learning the different pieces of software. And not just iClone either. I'm talking After Effects, Premiere, uh, some of my 3D applications, uh, getting the proper asset tools 
in order to get assets moved around from different applications to be used. That was all very exciting. But the culmination of that is a 15-minute long movie that I'm actually pretty proud of. Now, I know absolutely that the next one will be a lot better, but I'm not going to redo Blood Rites with everything I learned. I'm going to let that one stand as the, the first episode, my first attempt uh, there's a lot of great stuff in it. There's some stuff that I wish I would have done a little better, but but it's just not worth going back and and continually redoing that over and over again. I'm I'm trying to decide the next story I'll I'll approach, but right now it's looking like I'll probably do my other comic called Spook and Spell. It's a little bit more simple, and the uh, settings are easier to contain. And that's one of the tricks behind using these pieces of software is ensuring that you scope your project within the confines of the application and your understanding of it without doing it in such a way that you won't grow as a user. So since I started Blood Rites, I've done a video for coffee. I did a uh, book trailer for Nightlife Interrupted, and both of those, I feel I can really see my improvements. Uh, when I do Spook and Spell, I think it's going to look amazing comparatively uh to to what i'm doing what i've just done just because i've learned how to place things and, and use them more effectively uh you can see as you go through because i did create this mostly linearly you can watch blood rights and you can see my my progression with the software to the final conversations being the best parts of it but all around i'm really excited to share it and i've had a great time creating the animation you know, it was it's such a progressive step for me, too, because I started with novels. I wrote Glamour and Shadows back in 2008. Uh, and then then several years later, I started to do artwork and my friend encouraged me to do the comic version. And then once I'd done a comic, the next logical step was to try and animate it. And so I've got to explore the world of society case files in three different mediums. And it's just been absolutely a blast. Uh, final note, I wanted to say that I have finished writing the novel Crisis of Fate. It is a time travel adventure in the Society Case Files world. That will be coming out soon. And on the coffee site, there is a ton of stuff. You can read Blind Corruption as a serial novel all the way up to uh, the last two chapters, which will be posted soon. Uh, Full Circle, my werewolf society novel, that's... Uh, going up there and there's 10 chapters of that so far and crescendo my young adult adventure novel is also there and they're all exclusively on coffee right now um, you get to see the process of how they were formed and and if you read these books the way they are now they might change a little bit when i release them but probably not too much so that's definitely an an option to explore that that uh that type of uh, work my work in particular there's also audiobooks. I've got uh, The Night Players, The Cat Who Pod, The Cultist, Creative Spark, and now uh, the first half of Star Power is up there, and I'm working on that. So uh, definitely take a, take a few minutes and, and check that out and see if there's anything you want on there. You'll see a link in the description of the podcast. So anyway, that's it for this week, and I want to thank you very much for stopping by. Uh, now that the holidays are all over, I look forward to getting back to a more regular schedule of releasing podcasts again and uh, taking this through the year 2020. It should be 
a lot of fun and uh, I look forward to a whole lot more content coming in the future so if you uh, want to leave a comment you want to check out on any of these other projects please visit www.societycasefiles.com or if you want to support the project visit www.ko-fi.com slash societycasefiles thanks a lot see you around